Welcome to the Exchange Church Podcast. You can find us on Facebook as well as Twitter and Instagram at Exchange Houston. The following is a message from one of our pastors, Ruben Vasquez. Ah, good morning, good morning. That is Nick Vujicic. He is a gentleman that obviously has no arms, no legs, and was born that way. Doctors don't know why he was born that way, what happened. This is just how he is. And this is a guy who took what life gave him and said, I'm going to make this body work as is, as is. And that's the title of my message today is as is. Because, okay, let's go with this. This word, this phrase can be a little scary. Have any of you ever bought anything with that little tag that just says as, as is? Anybody? Okay. Now, the scariest is not when it's a piece of furniture because, you know, guys are like, I can fix that, you know, get some duct tape, we'll be good. The scariest is when you buy a car as is, you know, when I've always been a little worried, like me and my wife, we've, we've bought a new car and we bought a used car. When we got Elena's car, uh, on her 30th birthday, I decided I'm going to win husband of the year and I'm going to buy my wife a new car. And so I, I got this buddy, he was a friend of mine, uh, he was working at the dealership so he's like, listen, we, you know, this is bare, this is as far low as we can go. Like, we're only going to make $100 on this deal. Like, I'm getting no commission for this. This is going to be great. And uh, so we create this big master plan. And so she's out of town seeing her family. And I'm, on her birthday, I love to surprise her with her gift. I never give her her gift on her birthday. I always do it early. And I, I have gone anywhere from a month early to just days early. It's just, that's just kind of what I, it's our thing. And so it is a, like a month before her birthday, and she's out of town, and so I go pick her up in my car, because I have traded in her car without letting her know. <laughs> and so I, as soon as I pick her up, I said, hey, I just, me and Rose already got a babysitter. I just want to spend some time with you. You've been gone. Let's go, let's go eat at Outback, and it's, her, it's one of her favorite restaurants, and so we're there, and I, uh, I tell her, I was like, oh, I forgot, I forgot. As you know, we're halfway through the meal, and I said, I forgot, uh, I got a gift for you, and it's in the trunk. Let me go get it. So I leave, and really what I've done is, I've, I guess I bought this gift. I got like a frame with our family photos and stuff. But what I really was doing was handing my keys off to the guy that, we, that uh, sold us the car. And I said, hey. So I gave it to him, and he stole my car. So I go back in, we finish the meal, and as we're about to leave, I go, I do what, what guys do, okay? Because it's never our fault, ladies, just so that you know that. It's never our fault. Amen. You always say it's our fault. We're trying to balance the world, okay? If you always say it is, we always say we don't, guess what? We're in the middle. It's nobody's fault, which nobody does exist because nobody does everything. Who put these things in the dishwasher? Like, who put bread in our sink right now and it's all wet? Who did that? Nobody. Nobody lives in all of our houses. Nobody sucks. So I come up and I go, hey, um, did I give you my keys? I gave you my keys, right? 
And she's like, no, why would you give me your keys? And I'm like, I might have left my keys in the trunk. Like, she's like, in the trunk? And I was like, no, like, in the keyhole of the trunk. She's like, oh, Reuben. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So we go out there, and obviously, the car is missing. Now, one part of my whole Grandmaster plan that I did not take into account is I knew she was going to freak out, and I knew what I was going to do because I was going to fake phone call 911. Somebody was gung-ho to get this taken care of. So she's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. I can't. I'm like, hey, it'll be fine. Let me, let me just let me call now. You know, because I know better. So I'm not, you know, I'm like, all right. And she's like, I'm like, stop, stop. I got it. I got it. I got it. And she's like, no, I, I'm already on the phone. I'm like, stop, stop. And I hang up. And I'm like, stop. I got, I got this. You're hysterical right now. So I'm like, you know, yeah, 911. And really what I've done is I've called my buddy. I've changed his contact info to 911. So... I, so that way it's on the screen. I see, I thought of all those details, except this next detail. So I'm like, yeah, I think we're at the Outback on, you know, our car's been stolen, blah, blah. And he's like, oh my gosh, I bet she's freaking out. And I'm like, shut up, you know, like. And then all of a sudden she's on the phone again. And I'm like, huh, not a, hey, who are you on the phone with? She's like, I'm canceling the cards because my purse was in the car. And I'm like, stop! <laughs> Let's wait to see what the police say. <laughs> And she's like, no, like, I, we gotta, I, got, I got my debit card, the credit cards are in there, like, oh my word, like, our whole, like, my keys aren't, they're gonna go and break into our house. And I'm like, do you, first of all, do you have, like, a little thing that says where our address is, like, on your keys? Like, they're not gonna know. Oh my, and I'm like, stop, stop, just stop. <laughs> oh, okay. So then I do this whole, like, oh, you can't send anybody out? And she's like, oh, oh, and I'm like, oh, okay. So you just want me to take that one? And she's like, and that's when Elena's doing the whole, that doesn't make sense. I was like, okay. I was like, well, we'll just, we'll just take that one. And then I looked at her and said, they said they can't send anybody since somebody stole our car. They said we should take this one. Click, click. And then that's when the, you know, the flashers go off and she just looks and she's like. What? I'm like, this is your. And then, that, and then that's when my buddy pulls up in my car, and he's like, I bet you're freaking out. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, I didn't get to do this. I got to do this with your husband, but let me give you a tour of your car and show you all the features and be a salesman right now. And she's like, what? You got me a new car? And I'm like, yes. So then it was like, <gasps> now I've gone from like tears of like, this sucks to tears of joy, and, but I'm happy and sad and all my, uh, and I'm like, husband of the year, right? Ta-da. <laughs> but then, see, that was one thing, because we got it from a buddy. It was a buddy we could trust, and it was a new car. Well, then we got to go back and get another vehicle, and this one was used. So now it's the do you get the extended warranty and pay like a billion dollars extra or don't you? And you got to have that, this vehicle is as is if you don't get that. Like you get the 30 day, which am I the only one that has ever had a 30 day or a two year and then when it gets to like 31 days or two years and a day, 
it's like there's a little bomb that's about to go off. Like they're like, ha, suck up, beep, you know. <sighs> so it's scary because it's, it's as is. Now here, okay, anyone, anyone like me, and, okay, I am cheap, okay? I am not, I am not a, I'm going to go, I've never owned Abercrombie & Fitch. Here's why. One, my mom was like, no, I ain't paying for that. Two, you could pay for that. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go pay for that. And I walked in and I was like, you know, $50 for underwear is ridiculous. <laughs> I ain't going to do that. I've seen what I've done to my underwear. I ain't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag we do real. <laughs> I'm also sorry. <laughs> we do that as well. So I was like, no, but okay, but if I go here... I can get like a bunch of underwear and, and probably some, not name brand shoes, but they're going to be shoes, you know? So I just can't. So I'm like a Ross. Ross is great. Ross is great, but it's as is. And I have you, Ross is a, you must put this on first before you leave because if you don't, the tag may say size 32 waist. And then you put it on, and you're either having to, like, you're putting it on and then letting go, and it drops, or you got to do the shimmy. Some of y'all look at me like, you don't know what the shimmy is. I see some of y'all do it in church all the time. I sit in the back, and I see some of y'all going, yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> so you got to, but you got to check. Now, here's the thing. Jesus is going to go die on the cross to pay for our sins. And you know what he didn't do? He didn't sit there and do like what we do when we go to car place and go, hey, can you, um, I mean, I see the price there. Can we drop that a little bit? You know, I'm kind of looking for more of this much per month. You know, I tell you what, though, if you throw in that sound system, you got me. Jesus didn't look at Cody and go, you know, he's, he's a cool guy. He's, good, you know, he's got a lot of energy. It's going to be good. And he's got this youth stuff. But we need, we, I, I can't, I don't know if I could buy him. God, I know you want me to die on the cross for his sins. But, I mean, he, he has this issue, you know. And I, I, don't, I don't like dealing with that one. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a Dallas Cowboy fan. And I don't know if I can... Well, you pulled your shirt down. It was like you begged me in that moment. You were like, look, <laughs> make fun of this, please. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so it wasn't like he comes up and says, okay, I, but there's that. So I'm not, if you could throw that part out, but you know what, Kevin, though, oh, he, he can, did you not just hear him sing? Oh, yeah. I'm paying for Kevin. Kevin, I mean, he's a six-footer and... He's nice. I wasn't trying to call that out. You brought that up on yourself. That is twice you've done it to yourself. I, have, I tried to leave it alone to be generic, and you kept going. Argh. He can sing, too. You want me to say that I dissed you on that, too? Okay. You're faster than he is. There you go. You know, so Jesus never did that. Jesus did not say, I will take these people but not these people. We, my wife dropped some clothes off at this Kids Are Kids that just opened up. Don't do it. 
Because they're like, yeah, we'll buy all your clothes. And then you walk in with all these clothes. We had a suit that our son wore one time. He wore it for hours. That's it. And they literally said, oh, this is too worn. You mean like, you mean like from like the hour that he was in it? Like that's what you're talking about? She's like, no, you don't see like there's a little, like the little strings hanging out. Hmm. Mm. And so they, they rejected all these clothes. So now we're like, okay, you're just a jerk. Well, then they said, well, we're going to go through these clothes, and then we'll let you know how much. Or you could sit here and wait for two hours. And I'm like, no, 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 because I'm already frustrated. So then I, we get the call, hey, come get it. We have, this, we have money for you. And as I show up, they go, oh, by the way, we also won't take these. These are like clothes I'm trying to get rid of, okay? So I'm like upset because they're, I'm like trying to get rid of, you can give me a dollar. You know what I didn't have before? A dollar. I'm trying to get rid of these. And they're like, no, these aren't good enough for our store. Yet for some reason in the church, we feel like Jesus does that with us. Oh, him I'll take. He's a pastor. Okay. I'll take Jeremy. He's pretty cool. But Eric, no, 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 not, not him, not him. He's got, he's got this. That's how we feel. Now, let me tell you why I think that we feel that, okay? And, it's, and we're going to go, and if we can stand for 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it says this, starting in verse 17. Nevertheless, each person, person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. This is the rule I lay down in all the churches. Was a man already circumcised when he was called? He should not become uncircumcised. Was a man uncircumcised when he called? Now, what's funny is how the scripture breaks sometimes, because some guys are going, mm, this is interesting. Uh, he should not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing. Keeping God's command is what counts. Each person should remain in the situation in which God called them. Were you a slave when you were called? Don't let it trouble you. Although, if you can gain your freedom, do so. For the one who was a slave when called to the faith in the Lord is the Lord's freed person, similar to the one who was free when, God, when called is Christ's slave. Just as you were bought at a price, do not become slaves of human beings. Brothers and sisters, each person as responsible to God should remain in the situation they were when God called them. Lord Jesus, I just pray over this message right now that you would just move through me, that you would just be the voice, that you would speak, and that lives can be changed this morning, that they can realize that you love every single one of us exactly as we are. You paid for us as is, and you were okay with that. And we give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The issue has become this. In the church, we have this don't go to hell mentality. Whatever you do, don't go to hell. That makes sense, kind of. But then, since we're in this don't go to hell mentality, well, now the question is, well, what, how do, what do you mean? Like, how do, how, do, how do you go to hell? How do you go to heaven? And we get this big saved, unsaved, all this stuff, right? So then you find out, okay, well, here's what you have to do to be a Christian, and here's what you don't do. And the don't do's, the do nots, always stand out more in the church than the do's, which is crazy. 
Because the Bible, you know, says to have life and life more abundantly. That's a do. And yet we're more focused on the, but it also says don't gossip. And you understand, man, I was watching E the other day, and I was reading my magazine, and I just want to talk to somebody about it. Plus, that one girl at the office, you know she crazy. You know everybody's talking about her, so it's not really gossip. It's everybody talking about it, right? But we get focused on that. So the problem is, is since we're so focused on what not to do and so focused on, okay, I can't mess up, I can't mess up, it's like you're walking a tightrope, Okay. And I've got some guys who are going to come help me out with this. And Jose is going to help me. This is going to be great. Come on, buddy. I asked him how good his uh, balance was, and we're about to find out. Unfortunately, the church has, and the people in it, have this mentality of walking a tightrope. Let's get that. Let's get that solid. Jose is not exactly. The... I just stopped. I stopped. It doesn't. It, it doesn't count if I didn't say it. Okay. It doesn't count if I didn't say it. Okay. Come here. Come here. You should do this. Okay. So, unfortunately, this is a great time if you haven't checked in to take a picture and check in. No, it was not agreed. I never asked you to do anything. I just said, hey, how's your balance? You said, eh, and I was like, good enough. So what we feel like in the church is that we're here, and to go to heaven, we must get here. So heaven and hell's on the line for you, okay? If you fall off, you're going to hell. It's the first time I've been ever to say that during a message, and it wasn't wrong. Okay, so, Jose, if you can, this is a four by four, not a two by four. So we got it. It's pretty solid. Okay, look. There you go. Everyone's like, the chair. He sits on the chair already. (laughs) Jerks. Okay, so I will counterbalance this right here as you go. Okay, so, Jose, see if you can make it from... Sinner to heaven. No, I got you. Cody, get on, that, get on that side so he doesn't freak out. So he doesn't freak out. See, look, you have somebody there. Me and Cody will not do anything. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay? So you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going. He wants you to hold, hold, hold a piece of wood. There you go. There you go. You can do this. Okay, Jose. Jose, go ahead and start making your way. Okay? So you're good. Yeah! <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, come oh. here. Get the- <laughs> oh. 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 Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> Done. <laughs> so for everybody, Jay was not being a jerk. Jay was following my instructions because I want you to notice something. Give me one second. Well, go ahead and take it. Go ahead and take it. As anyone who walks any tightrope of any kind, what do you always see them do? First of all, they go out and they balance. They have to put one foot in front of the other. And then you see this. The head drops. Because they have to make sure that each step that they take is perfect. And what happened is, even though Jay is standing in front of him, 
He does not see that Jay is coming. So what happens is, is we sit here and we're going, okay, here's my Christian walk. I have to live perfect. I don't want to go to hell. I got to do all this stuff. Okay, I got to change everything about me, okay, because I got to be just like Christ. Like, so I got to be perfect and, and, and this unrealistic standard. And so I'm walking this spiritual tightrope one step at a time. And if I fall off even once, I will go to hell, which is so not true. We're going to move on. And so there, he's going. So you're not looking at life itself. You're only looking at your spiritual walk, that you are at a crawling pace because you're so busy taking, making sure everything is absolutely perfect. And then life shows up because life is a jerk. And it comes and it hits you out of nowhere like life does, but then what happens? Since we're so busy walking this tightrope and life hits you, you have to adjust. And then what ends up happening is you end up being mad at God because you're going, do you not understand that I am trying to have everything perfect for you and then you're gonna let this come out of nowhere. And God's going, I never asked you to walk a tightrope. I said that as protection as possible. What he was really saying was have life. Live to the fullest. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. What? The first three. So love, be happy, and everything's going to be cool. Chill. That's what he said. He didn't even just say do that. He said, hey, that's part of me. That's what's going to be in your life when you're living for me. But we're so busy going, okay, I got to. And then life hits, and God, it's all your fault. Why didn't you protect me? I'm doing all this for you. And God's going, that's not, but that's not what I asked. I bought you. I claimed you. I adopted you in to the family. The Bible says that it's an adoption as you are. So I think there's three things that we can capture from this scripture that we originally got. Number one. It says, live as a believer. In verse 17, it says, Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God called them. So the one thing I do not want that can be taken from my message and just kind of get twisted is, it says, live as a believer. Okay, so that is not, because what you can get is, well, when God saved me and I, and I gave my life and I started living for him, I was a sinner, so therefore I can just go on and keep sinning and everything's going to be okay. Like I'm not going to change that aspect. No, no, no. There is a part where we must seek righteousness, okay? So in 1 John 2.29 it says, If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Now, I want to throw out a few things because this is where things can get a little messy. Notice it says practices. How many of you ever did sports? Yeah. You went to practice. You know where you were allowed to mess up? Practice. You know where you weren't allowed to mess up? The game. That's where you get chewed out. But in practice, we're going to try some new things because it's not going to work the first time. You don't run a new play during a game. You run it in practice. And it says you have to practice righteousness. In other words, 
there's going to be moments where you are going to sin. Yes, we are sinners. But the difference is we are saved by grace. My son messes up. My daughter messes up. My daughter, if you saw her from when she was born, was wild, crazy, out there, just uncontrollable. And now I'm not... And I'm not the parent that's like, oh, my kid is so much better than everyone else's. Let me take every Instagram picture of them. <laughs> Y'all have already thought of who that person is. And if you didn't, you're that person. <laughs> but she is really kind of chilled, relaxed, mellowed out. And the one thing I've noticed is she wants to listen not because I want to do everything that dad says. It's I don't want to disappoint mom and dad. And that's how we're supposed to live our life with Christ. It's not this, well, I'm trying to do all the do's and don'ts. I'm trying to follow all the rules. It's no, I just want to make sure that my heavenly father is happy because he's done all this for me, his love for me and my love for him. You know, it's like when you have a spouse, you're not breaking the law, but you do things for your spouse, and you don't do things for your spouse. My wife's pet peeve is if you open a cabinet door and leave it open. What's funny is I heard someone over here go, ugh, you can join, you can join my wife. That's, that's her thing. I don't leave them open. Why? Because I love her and I want her to love me. So it's not this do and don't, so I'm trying to follow the rules. It's I'm doing this. I'm trying to live a righteous life out of love. The love he has for me and the love that I have for God. And there's going to be moments where there is mess ups. But just like how a father is to their kids, it's like no matter how much you mess up, you know what's not. And see, and here's what's cool about my situation is I have a biological daughter and an adoptive son. You know what's never going to change for either of them? They will never stop being my children. They will always be my daughter, and he will always be my son, no matter what. No matter what. No matter how wild they can drive me. That three-year-old is working hard on my patience. And yet, this morning, what are we doing? We're wrestling on the couch, or on the, so, or the, bleh, if I could talk. We're wrestling on our, the bed this morning. He literally walked in. We've been, we went to Six Flags uh, yesterday, and, we, you know, you don't take a three-year-old to Six Flags. <laughs> and he walked in, so he hadn't seen me in 24 hours, and he walked in and goes, Daddy! <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what this is, but it's awesome. And then he's like, Daddy, let's fight. And I was like, let's do it. And then we're wrestling on the couch or this bed. It was great. He drop kicked me. Someone's been watching wrestling with Dad. <laughs> I, my back was turned, and all of a sudden he jumps, and I just feel legs hit my back. And I was just turned around. My wife's like, he just jumped and kicked you. And I was like, it's called a drop kick. <laughs> totally did. And I was like, yeah, we're, this kid is going places. Not college, but places. <laughs> ah. 
Went to go get donuts. I guess it's the thing. I told him, I was like, let's go get donuts. He's like, we're going to get donuts. We're going to get donuts. Ah! And I was like, I don't know what's going on. But that's my boy. Even though right after that, he's getting into everything he's not supposed to get into. But it, there's love. And I know as he gets older, he's going to start changing and he's going to, we, we feel like he'll be like Roe where it's like, okay, I just don't want to disappoint mom and dad. That's, that's the goal because of my love for them. And that's what we need to have. Now, so let me kind of put it like this to kind of help clarify. Okay. God called you as you are, the essence of who you are. There is things that will change, but the essence will stay the same. So it's like this. When someone has a Honda Civic and they decide, I'm going to give it the sweet paint job. And then I'm going to put the big old spoiler on the back, you know, add a few parts of the engine, put a turbo in there, you know, get the body kit, get some nice rims, put the muffler on the back so it goes to, I don't understand that part. You would think like, you know, more muscle. So when it gives it the little, I'm like, no one likes high pitch. Nobody. Bass. Maybe because I'm a bassist. Okay? <laughs> gotcha, Pete. But you know what doesn't change? It may run faster. It may look cooler. It's still a Civic. It may compete with a Corvette now. But you don't put... What kind of car in your registration? Oh, a sweet, tricked-out Civic. You don't put that. You put Honda Civic. Even if stuff changes and you say, God, I'm going to take these things out of my life that are not bringing love, that are not bringing joy, that are not bringing peace. That's the thing we have to realize with sin, that it's not bringing in anything good. It's only taking. It's only taking life and making life more complicated because gossip has never once fixed a relationship. Just saying. It brings life, so it's putting sweet parts in instead of taking out parts like, ah, you know, you have six, six pistons. You only need five. You'll be fine. That's what sin is. We're going to take this part out. God says, no, 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 we're going to put this part in. Okay? You may change parts of you, but the essence of who you are will always remain the same. You just have to live as a believer. Number two, if you are a slave, try to get free. Verse 21 says, when you are a slave, when you were called, don't let it trouble you, although if you can gain your freedom, do so. Now, here's what I'm going with. I'm not talking about sin because Jesus went on the cross, paid for it. So guess what? That debt is canceled. What I mean is the stuff that holds you back, fear doubt. And even then, the Bible says, if you can, try. Because some stuff is just hard. Because let's just go with this. Can, can I just be honest? This is a guy who has a very rare nerve problem. My signals in my right knee, if I get hurt bad enough or long enough, the signals get crossed. So instead of feeling touch, hot, cold sensation, I feel pain instead. And instead of feeling pain, it, for me, feels like water's dripping and rolling off. 
which is really freaky when you're wearing pants and you're like, what is dripping on? Like, <laughs> what? what? So they get backwards. That's not a sin to have a disease. But it sure did feel like a bondage. And guess what? For me, unfortunately, it is always going to be a part of my life. Now, is it under control? Yeah. Do I have to be very careful when this knee starts to hurt? Yep, because that's the start of something. So I have to, be, I have to baby it. But it's a part of who I am, unfortunately. But I do my best to get away with it or away from it. Why? Because I want my focus on Jesus. And when you have all these other things that pull you backwards, whether it's life, whether it's fear, doubt, depression, none of those are sins. But they're things, and if you've ever struggled with them, you know exactly what I'm saying when I say it slows you down. But what we need to remember is that Jesus saw that still, still paid the price. And what's cool is in that same thing, in that same moment where he died for our sins, he got hit with this cat of nine tails. And it says, by his stripes, in other words, those lashes, those lines of where the flesh was pulled, it says, by his stripes, we are healed. And what's awesome is it doesn't say from what. It doesn't say we are physically healed. Because if you've ever gone through an emotional depression, you would rather your bones be broken than your heart be broken sometimes. But it says, by his stripes, we are are healed. In other words, we can be set free from whatever it is. That was a part of the cross. That you don't have to be stuck. And sometimes we do it to ourselves. We let fear and doubt hold our own selves back. Just what if, what if, what if, what if. It's kind of part of my last message is, you know, controlling your thoughts, these what if thoughts. You can be free from those. It was all part of the, when Jesus said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take Linda, as is, it's fine. Here you go, take it. I know everything that's there. I know the hurt that's there. I know the stuff that she's going to have to overcome. I still want her. Yeah, come on. You're my daughter now. That's the other part. It's not even like, oh, you're a vehicle, so I'm just going to use you. God's not like, oh, you're here, so I'm just going to use you. It's, no, no, you're, you're my daughter now. Welcome to the family. Don't worry, we're, we're going to take care of that. But first, you with me. Oh, now that we're here, now, we, now, that, I'm, now that you're here with me, now let's, let's start. Okay, well, you know, I've already paid for your sins, so that's taken care of. But, oh, this hurt that's there, yeah, let's heal that. Let's start. You feel that? Like, let's, you, if you have kids, if they fall down and they get hurt, even though if it's not, you know, just a scrape, what do, what do mom and dads instinctually do? You pick them up, you comfort them, and then you try to heal the wound. It's whatever band-aid, that, you know, and you clean it and all that. That's, part, that's what God's doing for us. That was part of Jesus' death and resurrection. 
so that we can be free. Number three, be yourself. This is a pastor telling you, you do you. (laughs) My friends say that all the time. You do you. God did not call you in just to change it all up because then he didn't call you. Okay? He knew exactly how you were, your personality. He knew your tendencies. He knew your strengths. And he knew your weaknesses. And yet still said, yeah, I'll take them. Verse 24 says, Brothers and sisters, each person as responsible to God should remain in the situation they were when God called them. And it's not like, Oh, you know, if you got saved working at Burger King, you better stay at Burger King. This is pretty much saying the essence of who you are. I got to uh, hang out with Jay a little bit. We went to an Astros game. It's all beat the Rangers. It's pretty good. It's fun. Jose Altuve is the man. And uh, we got to hang out. And you know what I realized the essence of Jay is? He likes to hang out. He needs to get freed from him being a New England Patriot. Amen. We're working on it. It does say try to. You know, if you can be free, he's, we're just, you know, chains are extra thick. His daughter is laughing. That's the best part. But the essence of who Jay is, is music. We start talking. He's sharing all these stories from college. And he's talking about his wife. And yet, you know, oh, yeah, we met like this. And this is, he's telling me all this stuff. And yet, somehow, it always, music just kept getting weaved in and out of the conversation. For those of you who don't know, he's a music teacher, pretty much. You know, teaches choir, plays in a band, you know he's a music guy when he's playing the saxophone, okay? That's who Jay is. Now, what makes this awesome is God called Jay as Jay. Jay was a musician always at heart. He didn't say, okay, Jay, now that I've called you, you're going to switch all that up. Now you're going to play basketball. That's not, that, that, that wasn't Jay. That wasn't Jay. Jay's like, no, I'm a musician. So what he's done is that God said, I called Jay, quotes, the musician, end quote. And the reason why Jay's life is happy, why Jay can probably feel fulfilled, is that one, he lives as a believer. I mean, We've talked. We've had good God conversations. He's free from stuff. But then he's taking who he is and saying, okay, this is who I am. Now I'm going to serve God with who 
I am. God called Jay the musician. So therefore, I will use who I am, the musician, and now play music for God. And here he is in the band, always smiling. I have not yet seen Jay frown. See, even his kids are saying that. Because he's fulfilled. He's not changing who he is for other people, which it says, don't do that. Don't, don't get bound by other people, which, guess what? You may not be a slave, but if I'm sitting there going, okay, well, what is, you know, Pastor Kevin's on staff now, so now I got to change because I, I want Pastor Kevin to like me. Okay, so he sings, so. <laughs> Ain't gonna work. It's not who I am. It's not who I am. And since Jay is a believer, Jay's saying, okay, or Jay, I went back to Jay. Since Pastor Kevin's a believer, now he's sitting here living life for God and righteousness. God says, okay, love your neighbor as yourself. I don't have to worry about Jay liking me or not, because what I already know is, Jay, Pastor Jay, oh my word, I keep going back. See what you did to me? So help me if I cheer for Tom Brady. I'm going to come, I'm going to have to attack you. <laughs> Get out of my life! <laughs> I don't have to worry about Pastor Kevin liking me because since I know he lives for God, I know he loves me. And I love him. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> so in this house, we have signs that say, in this house, we do real. You be you. And then since we also do family... You are accepted. You know why? Because God already accepted you for who you are. Now, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 and 24, it says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as reward. It is from the Lord Christ you are serving. So whoever you are, whatever the essence that makes up you, if I had to say, Linda, the, is that person doing everything they can, serving Christ with their gifts, their abilities, the way that God called them to be. Not changing personality. I'm going to share a little bit of Pastor Cody's junk. Just a little. I've told Pastor Cody, I've said, hey, what will build your youth group is your energy. That's who you are. Your youth group will reflect you. Do not change. Do not try to be me. Do not try to be Pastor Jared. You do you. You do ministry as yourself. Now, that being said, there's some stuff he's got to work on. He's not the greatest planner in the world. But nobody can match this guy's love and intensity and passion for teenagers. Because even though, like I said, he's not good at planning, he's good at hanging out, he's good at developing relationships, he's great at loving, great at energy. And I don't know, you know what I don't have to tell him? 
hey, you need to hang out with your kids, or you need to go, you need to go to basketball games and football games. He's looking at me going, hey, so like, I know you got your t-shirt business going, so like, can we make some like shirts for like when I go to games? That's how his brain works. So I sit there and I go, okay, yeah, you, that's his strengths. We always hear all the time, fix your weaknesses. No, you can't, they're weaknesses. So you know what we do with Cody? We go, okay, you're high energy, you're great with kids. So he's picking up kids all the time. He's sometimes late to church on Wednesday. This is his job, be here on Wednesday, pastor these kids. And he shows up late and he'll never get in trouble. You know why? One, he's leaving straight from work and then he's picking kids up. And then he has like a group of kids sometimes that are like, hey, you know, can I just go home with with you? Because they want to have a relationship with him because that's what he's good at. It's my job to say, okay, as someone who loves you, here's your weaknesses. I'm going to sit there and say, okay, weaknesses, not good, my job. This is something that I'm better at. I don't need you to fix this. Just help me help you. Now go take care of all those kids. That's how God's called you. Thank you. He's not sitting here saying change. He's not sitting here saying completely go. Some of you will go through change, but it's because the essence of who you are was always that, and you've been living this fake life right now. I was always a pastor at heart, always taking care of people. Even when I was in high school, my mom noticed that I just had this natural tendency to love hurting people. It's who I am. I can't get away from it. I can't turn it off. It dry, Like I can be, I was once in a business meeting and the Holy Spirit shows me that there's a lady in that room being verbally abused. And then she starts talking and you get all the signs from it. And it's killing me because I'm in the business meeting. I can't be like, oh, yeah, I'd like to make a motion. Uh, can I pray for you real fast? Like, you know, God showed me this. And it was killing me. And then I'm thinking, okay, 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 okay. When, okay, when, when this meeting's over, okay, they normally do a bathroom break and then we'll have lunch. I'll, I'll just go talk to her during that break and, and just, I'll kind of feel, you know, I don't want to be the creeper hyper spiritual guy that just came out of nowhere like hey you know I just but I gotta take care of it because it's just burning it's am I cannot I can't let hurting people just hurt and then right as they're about to go to break she goes hey I got that appointment I gotta go to can I go ahead and leave and she leaves and I'm like business meetings over and I and I start praying at my desk going God why did you bother to even show me that if I couldn't fix it and he said to remind you you're not a business guy you're about to get stuck here there's hurting people who need you and you can't help them here That may be a change. Your circumstance, the wall or the facade you've put up, that'll change because it's a facade. 
or what you think people want you to be or what you think your wife and kids want you to be or what you know what you even think you want to be but deep down this pastor's heart was always beating eight years old my grandma keeps telling me a story that they were talking about praying for orphans on the radio and she thought I was asleep until she saw my hand go out and put it on the, the radio and I started to pray for him. She looked at my mom and said, that, this is a pastor right here. This, this is a pastor. I go to high school and I think I'm going to be a nerd. I'm going to be a computer engineer. I'm going to type. Nope. Because the essence of who I was was for people, not machines. I don't know what yours is. But God does and said, oh, that's right there. That's, that's what I want. This right, Israel, as is. Yeah, we've, we've got some healing that we need to do. And there's, you know, everyone's got some sin that we struggle with. Me included. Tapping my chest. Me. I still need healing from things. But he said, no, 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 Israel, this is the guy that I need. And you know that. We've told you that from day one. It's so obvious with you, Israel, that God shows everybody else. The call comes without repentance. In other words, it's who you are. And one day, when you're on this microphone... That's going to be a good day. And you know how I know it's true? Because mama knows it's true already. And even dad does. Going through that process still. Oh, Satan took this piston out. I'm going to put this piston back in. Now, okay, okay, Satan thought he messed him up by taking that piston out, but now I'm going to put it in the turbo. Woo! Now. Who are you? Because that's who Jesus adopted in. Not the fake you. Not what you think we want. Every head bowed and every eye closed. The first thing that we brought up was you just got to be a believer. And the self-discovery, that's step number one. I'm not going to ask you to come up to the front. This is going to be between you and God. But if, if you want to make things with God, whether it's the first time or the millionth time, it don't matter. And you just want to make things right with him, I want you to raise your hand and then just put it right back down right now. Yep, hands going up, hands going up, hands going up all over the place.
let's all do this. Everyone, can, can you just repeat after me? Everyone just repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I messed up. I'm human. And I'm a sinner. But you're a healer. You're my God. You're my Father. And you're my Savior. Forgive me. Thank you that I know that you've already forgiven me. Your son paid that price for me. I just want to walk in it. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to, I want to do this, and then I'll have the band just play for a little bit for just maybe about a minute or two and maybe you need to get your phone out or if you something something to write something down okay so if you've got a notepad your phone whatever it is just go ahead and grab that and what i want you to do is write down who you are i'm a talker surprise I'm a father, I'm a dad, I'm a computer person. This is who you are, the essence. And as you look at it, just kind of go, is this following Colossians 3, 23, that I'm doing it as into the Lord, not for people. Am I being a father like I'm doing it for God, not for my kids? Am I being a businessman for God? And then if there's a point where you just kind of go, I don't know, and you just have to put a question mark, now you have something to pray about, to figure out what, who is this? Who are the essence of who you are? Not what the devil says, not what people say. What are you and God say? And just like me thinking I was this computer engineer and God said, no, you're a people guy. He pulled that part out and revealed it to me. And now I live a happy, fulfilled life. So I'm just gonna let the band play for, like I said, just a minute or two. You guys just write that down, pray, and then we'll have Pastor Kevin take up, you know, receive the offering, and we'll be dismissed. So can, can we do that right now? So just spend a few minutes, just kind of you and God.